the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you ever want to talk about, we can talk about. I pride myself on that. Stocks are mixed today. We're starting to leave earnings season. We're starting to leave, I don't know, short squeeze season. I don't know that to be true at this point in time. But in kind of my head, I'm okay with where we stand. The hospitality industry will back jobs quickly, so says some surveys. The airline industry says more important to get shots out there versus giving us money to survive. That's an interesting one. Impossible Foods is cutting prices to compete with the cow. We are a nation, in my opinion, that votes with our wallet, both at the polls and at the grocery store, and even situations like McDonald's. It always stuns me, and a professional chef friend of mine who once said, I don't understand how McDonald's can make a large rise for $2.50 because that's more than $2.50 of potatoes and grease and paper and rent. They make it up in the soda, right? Tilray is up a stunning 20% today, marijuana stock. And now I cringe and I go, is that is that a short squeeze? Is that is that Reddit? I hope I'm not jaded forever. The price of an impossible burger just got a little easier to swallow. Suggested retail price for patties drops to $5.49 from $6.99. When I bought a pound of beef, it was or plant beef. <laughs> what do you call it? I don't know. Um it was $9.99 and you know, hamburgers like $4.99, $5.99, $6.99, depending on the quality. So anyhow, and anyway, more stories hopefully in 2021 about the impossible whopper and beyond meat burgers. Hopefully we get more of that. And less COVID-19. Oh, by the way, if you have parents, sign them up for the shots. Or remind them that they have to sign up for the shots. A lot of 40-somethings and 50-somethings are quickly learning. Parents have absolutely no scheduling ability whatsoever. So if you love your parents, get it over with. Get them the shot. Again, consult a burger riser. Take action. Thanks for watching the show. Woo, GameStop's up 3% today. Almost disappointing, no? Apple sold billions of dollars of bonds, and it, it's almost as if the wealthy get wealthier. They're borrowing money at incredibly low prices, buying back shares, and it's almost a virtual cycle. It's not because the rates will eventually go higher, but 
they're offering like three percent, two two and a half percent yields, and they're getting less than one percent costs. Like whoa, um, impressive. Stock gains today are heavily tied towards tech stocks. Janet Yellen calls a meeting with regulators to discuss market volatility, particularly Robinhood. She's the Treasury Secretary. She's worked for the Federal Reserve. She is, in my opinion, a well-qualified candidate, whether you like her politics or not. She's got qualifications. And I, I didn't mind Steve Mnuchin on some levels running the Treasury Department under Trump in the tail end of his tenure. Hackers may have accessed SolarWinds email system for months. This is not looking good. The more this story is leaking, it looks like it has got HBO drama series, limited drama series written all over it. Where the CEO talks to his chief technology officer. You think they're reading our emails? They're reading our emails? Really? They're reading our emails? <laughs> okay, so it's not as dramatic as Ned getting his head cut off in the first. No, can't say it. Spoiler alert. In the first season conclusion. Sorry for those of you just starting Game of Thrones, but the 10-year time horizon has lapsed on me issuing spoilers. SolarWinds still out there. And again, that's a trend. I talked about it a little bit earlier this week. Stocks that could be trends. I'll hit it a little bit more tomorrow. What I think are the 10 to 15 permanent trends, not permanent trends because they're trends, 10 to 15 of the trends that I think are worthy of my attention on a regular basis. And I'll spoil one of them for you, e-commerce, right? Are you with me against me on that one? You think that trend's going away anytime soon? No. How about space exploration and tourism? You think that trend's going away anytime soon? Not till we get an explosion. And someone whose beloved father or beloved mother gets put splashed on the headlines, that's got some runway ahead of it. Barron's Roundtable typically wraps up by the middle of February as Love Day sits right around the corner. So does the end of weeks and weeks and weeks of articles in Barron's. This weekend, I will pay attention to Barron's. One of the stocks that's getting a lot of attention by multiple experts right now. And But when I say expert, people have 10, 20, 30, 40-year track records, okay? That's what I'm looking for, the 20 to 30-year track record. Maybe not the 40, because then they could bust out like, gold? When I was a kid, gold. I'm like, you got me. I'm out. But deer seems to be getting kind of a lot of attra uh, attractive looks. They make tractors. They make stuff that grows food. Um, technological advances. Digital revolution. I don't know. Are these any of the buzzwords that work with deer? Experts seem to think so. Tencent Holding, Chinese internet giant, gets a lot of love right now. A used car seller, Vroom, a lot of people think are going to have a potentially spectacular growth year as we start going back to work, and yet our jobs aren't full salaried because we've been working from a distance. Unemployment's high. Bosses have the power. Will we buy used cars online? A lot of people have a lot of opinions. Be careful, but always continue educating yourself. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow 
find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Interesting to note that, um, what am I trying to say here? I don't know. Something was interesting to note, but it left my brain. What do you think the average net worth of someone 35 to 44 is? I saw that the average spreader now is right in that age group. It's the, it's not the millennials. It's generation Xers. We can't even blame the millennials. But um, the average net worth of Americans age 35 to 44. This is interesting. I don't want you to compare yourself to the Joneses, but I want you to have enough to live till the day you die. Comfortably. I don't want you to ask the man for more money. I don't want you to be mad at the man. I don't want you to think your neighbor ripped you off. I want you to have a good, happy life. What do you think the average person is worth? Because that gives you an idea. Are you ahead or behind, right? The average American has $90,000 of debt. Dun, dun, dun. The average American, age 35 to 44, has an average net worth of $748,800. That's pretty interesting. That's a little bit more than I would have thought. It's important to know your net worth so you can plan ahead for a healthy retirement. Averages can be skewed by extremes on both ends. I grew up understanding math. I understand a lot of people didn't. I grew up understanding conjugating verbs and things like that. I don't understand women. don't understand men. I don't understand sports. There's a lot that I don't understand. I understand one sport, soccer. But you start to lose me after that. And again, that's not exactly very American of me, is it? The median net worth of people between the age of 35 and 44 is $91,300. And yet the average American is higher. Net worth is your total amount of assets that you have in your name, minus any debts. It tends to increase with age. Higher earnings brings more opportunities to buy properties and stocks and bonds that help you create net worth over time. The median net worth of people aged 35 to 44 is 91300 but the average net worth of the average American $748,800. Looking at the median is better than looking at the average In my opinion. But again, I just probably pissed someone off by saying that. Um, it's the median show. It's a better indicator of where most Americans fall on net worth spectrum. Now, when I told you the average was 748,000, you're like, that's a good amount. And you start to feel comfortable. When I tell you the median sits at $91,300, you're like, that's making me a little bit. That's not a lot of money, in my opinion. Clearly, the wealthiest Americans right now are 75-plus years old. What? 
Did Rob Black just say that? Yes. Yes. And then you start getting into the people with very little average net worth or median net worth being people less than 35. The average net worth of someone under 35 is 76,000. 35 to 44, that number triples to 436,000. Anyhow and anyway, what I'm trying to throw down is that we're all going to be different. And the best thing you could do in your 30s and 40s is increase your income and reduce your debt. Both factors work hand in hand since you can't pay off debt without income, in theory. And some might argue that you have certain kinds of debt like student loans that allow you to earn more money, which is a positive. Just throw it out there for you. Experts say you should have 10 times your income saved by retirement age, which I think is easier to do when you can see all of your debt and savings in one place. That helps. One of the things you do when you change companies is you have one 401k and you have another 401k or you don't get the 401k for up to like two months or a whole year, whatever it may be, you don't qualify for. There's a probation period. But you want 10 times your income saved for re- by the time you hit retirement. So that's an easy one to figure out, right? You make 500000 you need $5 million. You make 100000 you need a, I don't know, you figure it out, right? But then again, it goes like, well, I like to buy shoes. You're saying, Rob Black likes to buy shoes? $400 pairs of shoes? Well, no, but for the sake of the story, I do. Then I may need to save more. So there's no great rule of thumb that applies to everyone. I want to get 10 to 20 times my income before I retire. And I can comfortably tell you, I did that and I could retire. I'm not that stressed, which is good and wonderful. And I have a lot of lessons in my head that got me to where I am. I started like you. I was very average, very blue collar before I chose my college. And then that's where I started to step up my game. Which brings me to a reminder, between 0 and 18, have fun. Don't put pressure on kids. It gets worse after that. 18 to 35, make all your mistakes. 30 to 45, you should be maxing out. You should start seeing the, the like, woohoo, I did it. And then you just don't really want to manage things in the last 10, 15 years. And then when you get to retirement, I, I personally believe in a professional financial planner. Um, everyone's going to come up with their own opinion there, but I think withdrawal rates from the IRS are a joke. When I say a joke, I'm not like, ha, 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 ha. I think it's difficult to know how to manage your retirement, especially since you start going senile and feeble as you get to that age, which for the record, way too many people, way too many people under my age are dropping dead, around my age dropping dead, and slightly above my age dropping dead. When Dustin Diamond from Screech from Saved by the Bell kicks over dead, you're like, I'm pretty sure he was a lot younger than me. And sure enough, yep. And then you're like, well, I'm not positive, but I think he did crack cocaine or meth in his life. And you're trying to like say, well, I didn't do that, so maybe I won't die early. And you're like, I'm not even sure that's true. And but 
that sucks, right? When someone iconic, what I know it's not iconic like Urkel. Probably like the two worst icons to be Urkel and Screech. That can't be a healthy way of growing up. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Sony and PlayStation, or Sony's PlayStation 5, helped drive profits over the holiday period. Even though it's a money loser on its hardware, it's a big money rake winner on its software. Interesting to see how many units expected to be sold by 2024. Sony's expected to thump Microsoft. Man, Microsoft can't win that one, but don't cry for Microsoft. Speaking of crying. Let's bring in briefing.com, talk about the markets, what's going on, what do we see important. Patrick O'Hare, how are you, sir? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Coming out of earnings season, um, we don't have quite a bow to put on it yet, but Amazon and Alphabet were strong, and Amazon gave us a little bit of a something to think about last night after the market closed. What do you think about the big boys in technology's earnings? All right. Well, I think they they came through in spades, really, and I think offered another validation for why these stocks have continued to be loved and um, and bid up uh, and bought on every spot of weakness, really, um, for a long time now. Um, you know, they're delivering on the promise of their investments and uh, and are putting up some really fantastic growth uh, on a year-over-year basis. You know that that coincides with why you would pay, you know, upwards of 30 times or uh, 20, 30 times earnings for a company like this and still think at a, you know, a one to two trillion dollar valuation still looks attractive. <laughs> so they did great. Uh, and I think your characterization of kind of like putting a bow on uh, the earnings reporting period is they did help do that in a certain respect. Uh, and it's been a very good earnings reporting period relative to the expectations coming into this period um, that called for a decline of about 9%. Uh, but with all of the huge earning beats we've seen, uh, you know, across the market, not just in these mega cap tech stocks, uh, you now have S&P 500 earnings uh, projected to, to actually grow just a little bit, uh, 0.1% at the last report I saw. That doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it's a big statement in terms of um, just how well these companies are doing relative to expectations and some of the renewed momentum they've achieved uh, as we head into 2021. I don't want to make too big of a commentary out of this, um, but I'm surprised as well. Um, if you were to tell me this is where we'd be a year almost to the calendar date of an anniversary inside of our media heads to the day, I'm, I'm surprised um, how well earnings have, have held up because, again, it's part of the whole mask controversy. Do you need to wear one? Do you not need to wear one? Is the government shutting us down? Is the government helping us? It's, and then you get into, but Wall Street earnings are fine, um, fine-ish, but then again, they're also being supported by stimulus. What do you make of like where we go with stimulus and maybe how does the market justify its valuation in the year, year and a half to come? 
Well, you know, I think the market, you know, we talked about just looking at it on the surface, right? Traded about 22 times forward 12 month earnings, right? That's a roughly a 40% premium to the 10 year average. Uh, but the market, uh, despite trading at that level, uh, I think is still anticipating that earnings are going to be even better than what are, are, are expected for 2021. And so in its mind, it might see 22 times forward 12-month earnings, but if it thinks earnings are going to be, say, 10% greater than what is currently projected, well, it's really seeing you know, 20 times uh, forward 12-month earnings. So it just, you know, the, the, the impact of all this stimulus is that, is that it, it kind of always provides a ready source of rationalization uh, to defend, you know, um, a lot of arguments in terms of where things are going to go and, and, and to kind of put a cherry on top of all those arguments and, and suggesting that things are all going to work out okay. And, uh, you know, and the market is, is really riding on this liquidity. It's riding on the promise of ongoing fiscal and monetary policy support. And while long-term rates have come up some, um, they're still, you know, historically low. And, uh, and, and that's been an underpinning factor here. Um, and the market just hasn't been undone by any of that, uh, nor by reports of kind of some of the concerns surrounding the new variants uh, that involved the uh, coronavirus. But, you know, instead, it's fixated on the, the arrival of new vaccine, vaccines, the uh, accelerated uh, improvement in terms of vaccination efforts, and continues to be laser focused on the idea that um uh, the progression of things as we move through 2021 should be more favorable than unfavorable. And so it continues to buy into weakness and it, uh, and it effectively trades with very little fear, frankly. Switching gears, if we can, I mentioned earnings season starting to wrap up and we march towards, I guess, deeper into 2021. The retail side of the fence, in my opinion, has held up pretty strong. And again, psychologically, we go, haven't people lost jobs? And psychologically, I feel like we're more damaged than the reality of the numbers that I'm seeing come out. Do you think the retailer, the 21st century retailer, uh, a lot of things have changed? Do you think the retailer, do we ever go back to a, maybe a more normal area where you and I are talking and we're saying, oh, these are historically good normal numbers? Or Mm-hmm. You you mentioned like tech companies. I'm now valuing companies on free cash flow versus earnings. I'm I've changed the rules. Has, has the pandemic changed anything forevermore in your mind, as far as the rules go? Uh, it's a good question. It is a good um, question. And I, I think. and I and I I hesitate to ask. I, I think you know I, I my my inclination to say is that I don't I don't think it does. You know um, I don't know if you heard on maybe CNBC yesterday, Mark Cuban, make an argument that, yes. you know, effectively fundamentals don't matter for for companies that, that don't pay a dividend. It's all about supply and demand and, and trading the stock. And it's, you know, and as he says, you know, when you're in a stock like that and you go long, you want to go loud too, because you're hopefully attracting more interest to drive the price up so that effectively you can get out. Um, I don't, you know, I think he within that argument, missed, missed the boat in, in, in the sense that, you know, at the end of the day, 
Um, I think the, the supply and or the demand really is still always going to come back to uh, to the fundamental picture, right? And and I suppose as you're suggesting, you know, as you're looking at you know valuing things a little bit differently and maybe putting a more of a premium on free cash flow as opposed to maybe earnings or uh, or anything else, um, we might have a different way of looking at it. But really, ultimately, it's still the same approach that you're valuing things on a fundamental basis, and that's not going to change. And and that's why uh, when we ultimately hit an inflection point, <laughs> we don't know when that will be, but let's just say that the catalyst for uh, having a greater appreciation for stretch valuations is the idea that you have long-term interest rates uh, a good bit higher from where they are currently. Uh, everyone's going to be talking about fundamentals, and you're going to hear, "Well, gosh, we were so overvalued, and now rates are higher, and you know there's better alternatives now than just stocks." And and uh, and that that's not going to change. But what you and I both witnessed in the dot-com days, and uh, and we've seen across you know along the years. You know, stocks can stay overvalued and overbought for an extended period of time, even though you can make a good rational argument that they're that they are overvalued. But you know, when there's a lot of liquidity support, you kind of can stay elevated here and probably will um, until there's some real convincing catalyst that uh, creates some real fear in the market and and some broad-based selling interest. I would be remiss if I didn't ask, and I'm sorry that I'm asking. I think you know it's coming up. What do you think happens with the Robinhood drama as it pertains to Robinhood, but also as it pertains to AMC and GameStop? Um, probably the most over-asked question on Wall Street right now. Yeah, well, well I think as it relates to just to the, the stocks themselves, I mean, I, I think they kind of, they die maybe a slower death than some might otherwise think. I mean, we obviously have seen a huge drawdown in, in, the, in GameStop and AMC here, but you, you kind of see it levitating. We saw it levitating here for GameStop anyway, around $100 per share, which again, if you had said a, you know, a month or two ago that it would be at $100, people would have laughed at you, right? And I think there's, there's kind of like this, this social uh, support uh, that, that's going to want to try and keep that thing levitated maybe a little bit longer than, than it deserves to be. Um, and, uh, but you know, I think that the controversy, I think ultimately will die down. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, there's kind of been a comeuppance here and I think there's an appreciation now for social capital, uh, on the part of the retail investor being, you know, uh, more influential now in, in driving maybe individual stocks more so than the overall market. And you're going to kind of, kind of see, I think some of these continued, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, surgical strikes, uh, as it relates to pushing individual stocks. Uh, the way that that social capital wants to take them. And uh, you might also have a, a greater concern on the part of professional money managers about getting heavily shorted uh, in, in, in individual stocks, knowing that that social capital is out there ready to be deployed. Uh, so if anything, the uh, professional investors should have a greater appreciation for risk management strategies than they might have had otherwise before all this happened. I knew I'd get a good answer out of you. And I always feel like you just told me the plot of Jaws before I went to the beach. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to ever invest again. What if a short seller campaign gets involved in a company I own? I guess that would probably be good. But I think people need to be ready for, um, how shall we say, some new drama and some new twists that we haven't seen before, sir. Well, that's right. You know, and you kind of hear some talk, you know, every now and then about how short selling should be illegal. Well, I think given this episode, you don't really even need to go there because the market's going to regulate itself or it's going to basically, you know, hold people to account for trying to take uh, a short position. Yep. 
Uh, and uh, you just, you know, it, it's just the, the, the game has changed, if you will. And, and I think it's fair to call it a game, but it's now more uh, well known oh. in terms of the retail crowd and, and their ability to, 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 to play that game effectively. You're the best. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news pertaining to markets around the world. I'm a big fan of his. I'm a big fan of the companies. I start my day every day with his page one, but the whole website is it's thorough. Uh, check it out. Briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, stock, tech had strong earnings. There's incrementally positive news on the vaccine. Maybe incrementally positive news on the stimulus front. Those are really what should be driving the market right now. But there seems to be a little bit for me hangover of what happened with GameStop at AMC. I'm not saying I got post-traumatic stress disorder, but maybe a little bit. Again, I'm not trying to be cute or funny on that in any way, shape or form. Sony sold over four and a half million PlayStation 5 consoles over the holidays. Kind of online with what they did with PlayStation 4. But their profit forecast is up 34%. Not too shabby. Profit in the quarter rose 50% from the previous year. Kind of starting to get a little foggy in our head of what was the previous year? Was that a COVID year or was it not a COVID? In this case, it was a pre-PlayStation 5 year. These companies do themselves no favors by announcing ahead of time 18 months we're got a new console coming don't buy the old one we have a new console coming don't buy the old one so it kind of limits it, it shows their year-over-year dip right before a big surge again sony is focused on exclusive like spider-man miles morales xbox has halo soon maybe bethesda softworks is going to become a division of them which they're big into the elder scrolls franchise for microsoft Will that be an exclusive? Will that piss off some Sony PlayStation users? Will it be eventually released on the PlayStation 5? I don't know. Can't say that I have a fighting interest in it. Uh, maybe I do. Maybe I do, the more I think about it. I own shares of Microsoft. I own shares of Activision. Robin Hood's kicking off a Super Bowl commercial, which just makes you think, ah, you probably could have saved some money on that one. But even though they have been sued, their app was by far and away a huge winner winner chicken dinner on the App Store last week. So a lot of accounts were open that the ad agency is like, dang it, dang it, we could add those on the Super Bowl and got some kudos for that win. But I think uh, the thunder has been stolen. The eagle is down. Mr. President, it's time to leave. Yeah drama right this last year has witnessed millions die in a pandemic let's not forget that a global economic downturn a political ferment fueled by extremists around the world there's been catastrophic consequences with the warming of the earth i'm not against green investing bloomberg does a really nice newsletter if you google bloomberg green newsletter email letter 
it does a really nice job of laying down statistics, whether you agree with them or not. I'm not going to get into that fight. I'm just going to tell you that they're alarming and they show you the nature of why you maybe want to invest in this area. Or at least me. The Center for Disease Control has suggested wearing two masks, one over the other, to protect the growing number of more easily transmitted coronavirus variants. Let's just go to three. Let's go DEFCON 3 on this one. I want you to wear two masks and a garbage bag over your shoulders, a garbage bag poncho. And I want you to have a fan that actively sprays uh, bleach in the air. (laughs) No, I'm not trying to be funny. It's just, okay, I I actually kind of like the idea of two masks. I'm one of those people that I like being warm and, and bundled up. So I'm good with all of this. Doctors Without Borders are warning that Southern Africa is in dire need of vaccine doses. Wow. That can get your head spinning. Where do you say, you know, for instance, and again, I got to be very careful so as not to get fired. At what point do you go, okay, 50-year-old Beverly Hills people are more important than African villages or poor people in Africa or a poor nation than our nation like where do you draw this line and remember we shut down right before trump left office he's like do we he's opening up traffic to africa when he's trying to like bring in the african variant who cares i'm no longer driving this bus and then biden instantly shuts down travel where's it statistically in our best interest to shut down international markets versus vaccinating people in the bay area We can afford two masks. We can afford the education on what science is doing and not doing. It's fascinating to me, to say the least, to watch. And in India, holy mackerel, have you been watching BBC on India? India's capital, New Delhi. They've had the virus, they developed antibodies, more than half the residents. You hang out with billions of people in a nation that's pretty crowded and it's gonna run through the population. Amazon's chief executive officer, Jeff Bezos, is retiring. He's going to step down from his post. Um, He's been the driving force since 1997. I was talking more Amazon than Snap, but it's time to go. No, it's not time to go. It's just a normal part of a business life cycle. And it's almost appreciated that he stayed on for... 23 years plus. He has a spaceship company he wants to oversee. He has an earth fund he wants to continue to focus on. He's got the Washington Post. The Washington Post. He has a newspaper. He can go write poetry and get it published every single day if he wants to. Um, Amazon Day One program. So he's got some things he could focus on other than being CEO. And again, the man he's turning the CEO title over to, it's in title. But he's done a really nice job for Amazon Web Services. Impossible Foods is cutting grocery prices 20% trying to compete with a cow. That's the funniest phrase of the day for me. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. 